Welcome to the Compassionate Capitalist Radio Show with host Karen Rands. A compassionate capitalist is someone who invests their money into entrepreneur endeavors to bring innovation to the market and create wealth for all those involved. Karen shares insights and best practices for entrepreneurs to succeed and investors to share in that success without all the risks. And now... So welcome to the Compassionate Capitalist Show, everybody, and thank you for tuning in, watching, if you're watching, listening, uh, exciting stuff going on today. We uh, have a great guest that I'm going to introduce you to in just a moment, but I want to uh, set the stage, right, because, of course, for those that you know are familiar with the Compassionate Capitalist Show and the Compassionate Capitalist Movement, our purpose is to help entrepreneurs and the founders of companies, the CEOs that are running their own companies, uh, get the best practices so that they can create wealth for themselves and for the investors that are involved and for the investors to learn those same best practices so that they're wiser about their investments in entrepreneurs. And a big part of that you know, there's always these stages that entrepreneurs and founders have to go through as they grow for their experience in running it, you know, as they move from the startup survival stage into a stable stage and then a growth stage and transition stage. But all that hard work that work that people work to to get their companies to this level that they might be able to use it to sell it, to create wealth for themselves, for generations to come. It can be without even realizing it, you can lose it all for just things that you that you may think of, but you don't think it's really going to happen to you. I mean, we've a whole lot of businesses just went through this with things that completely outside their control with this black swan of a pandemic that we've come out of. And we still don't know who the survivors are, where the dust is settled when it comes to businesses, a lot of businesses. But there's so many other things, right? And so one of the things, it's like in my responsibility to bring the experts in the field that do this day in and day out and work with entrepreneurs to help protect their biggest asset, which is their business, right? So let me welcome to the show, Tom Perone. Hello, Tom, say hello, and I'll introduce you. Hello, and thank you for inviting me, Karen. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So Tom is the founder of the New England Consulting Group of Guilford, and, a, and he's a, uh, it's also the Business and Personal Benefit Planning Group. Tom is directly involved with the planning process with clients in the area of estate, business growth, and transition planning, income planning using tax strategies, and little-known government-authorized asset protection programs. Tom started in the financial planning business in 1970 and has developed an ongoing planning strategies to help his clients hold on to their wealth, avoid financial landmines, and lower their taxes. His unique blueprint for planning for the unexpected brings peace of mind, not only to the founder, founder himself or herself, but also to the family and the descendants. And, you know, for those angel investors or those family and friends that had helped that business get going to start with. He's also the author of Unlocking Your Business DNA, 
cracking the code to a better business, bigger profits, and more time on the beach. And what I like is that business owners that listen and implement Tom's strategies have more money and time to invest in other entrepreneurs to also share their success without all the risk. Tom joins me in my cause of creating the next generation of compassionate capitalists, the compassionate capitalist movement. So officially welcome, Tom, to the Compassionate Capitalist Show. My pleasure, and um, what you're doing is is great, uh, and what you're doing is really wonderful because more people will become angel investors when they know there's more security, and uh, you know the money is in growth, and uh, you know you want to protect it, and uh, that's you're one of the very few people that are really out there yelling and screaming about that, and I, I really appreciate it. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. So. One of the things I want to um, give an opportunity for our audience to understand, you know, you've, you've created this, so your life mission, similar to where I am with building this compassionate capitalist movement, but uh, really working hands on to help business owners really, you know, protect their, the, the things that they're working on, that they're putting blood, sweat, and tears into. But you have a personal story that led you to this, this life mission. Do you, would you like to share that with our audience as to why this is such a passion for you? Yeah, I'd love to. Thanks so much for asking. And that's why I wrote the book because in 19, I'll make this very short, but in 1970, I had entered the insurance business not knowing what the heck I was going to do, let alone know about insurance. Well, within five or six months from the time I entered with the insurance company, my father at 51 died owning a very, very successful um, delicatessen. It was much more than a deli. It was a very large deli with, with many, many people working there. They were making a lot of money, but he suddenly died at 51. Well, I watched over the next three years this wonderful, profitable business just deteriorate and actually be sold on uh, pennies on the dollar. But what I saw between that death and the time it liquidated was my 49-year-old widowed mom at f- with five kids and what she went through, losing, having to sell her house and leaving the neighborhood and to have to rent uh, and actually giving up all the passion she had. And, you know, Italian moms... They may keep the plastic on the lamps for many years, but they love feeding the neighborhood kids. That's their passion, right? Yeah. Well, that's all gone now. And I watched that and I watched a lot of things, but it was very sad to see all that hard work, you know, those 18 hour days and sweat, tears, nerves, stress. And I didn't know enough to help them. So when I wrote the book and, and what I did see too, Karen was, Uh, As much as I work with CPAs and attorneys, I was amazed at what the federal government, the attorneys and the CPAs were charging the estate. Back then in 1970, the estate tax was 70%, I think, something like that. And the exemption is only 60,000. Anyways, I saw that and I said, nobody, nobody should have to go through. So anyways, I decided that that was going to be what I was going to learn about and focus on and I did for 51 years now and in the book very quickly uh, instead of my father dying at 51 the unlocking your business DNA was all those strategies that I learned and used with my clients but in the story 
my father lives to a ripe old age. And every chapter that I talk about strategies to use, at the end of the strategy, I have this conversation with my father and say, yeah, dad, this is what you need to do. You need to delegate more. You need to watch your inventory. You need to that blah, 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 you know? And it was kind of a nice story because at the end of it, I looked at it and it was almost like real to me that uh, because I learned so much and I had that passion, he lived to a right old age and the business was good. So anyways, I had that passion to make sure it doesn't happen to everybody, to anybody. Yeah. And I, you have a lot of clients that are really thankful that you do, I'm sure. Yeah. So let's talk about this bu- business blueprint, right? How going from startup survival stage to the stable stage of a business, you know, which Sometimes, you know, we see a lot of it. One of my focus areas now is helping companies break through that slow death of inefficiency, stagnation, and loss when they can't seem to, you know, get scale and get through that. But they, hopefully with the, like with your blueprint, right, with this strategy, you can get to a growth stage and ultimately to an exit and transition into that life on the beach, right? So explain a little bit about your, I know you have like a one pager, but your blueprints a little bit, yeah. it's not yeah. just, it's more than that, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I narrow it down to one page, the one page issue and the one page solution. And, and But I use about 15 to 20 blueprints, which are just the real topics that you need to talk about. And what I, I will tell, I had a great conversation on my podcast today with Matt Theory today about this, about, people being stuck friends of ours you know matt's a great guy great attorney yep and they get stuck and i asked them the question matt why do why do businessmen get stuck business owners i should say uh get stuck in not consistently planning and i i really think uh the best thing that a plan a, a business owner can do is to surround themselves with team players that includes the attorney, the CPA, the financial person, the uh, estate planning guy, whatever, whoever it might be, and treat them like a team and insist that this team meet once a year to talk about this business owner. Because, you know, unless until I started forming teams, I didn't know where the what the CPA was doing. He didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what the attorney was doing. He didn't know who we were. But once I started forming teams, it was really a win-win for everybody, but a win-win for the, for the owner. And why is that important? Because as you said it, you go, you start a business, you're doing everything. You're doing everything, but you're not working on your business. You're working in your business and you're making the wedges. Well, as you start to grow, the business has a total different life than you do. Yeah. Right? Your individual problems are different but your business has problems. You can't know it all. I mean, people, people don't go into business knowing accounting, so they have to depend on people. And until they communicate consistently with, with those people, and I, I would say once a year, and if it costs you a couple of thousand bucks, it does. It, and it's like, um, you know, people will hire IT people and put them on retainer for 10 grand a year for their computers. Well, why not hire a team for 10 grand a year to, to fine tune all those areas in your business to keep you on the right path? 
Absolutely. So it's so that uh, now within that, but then uh, does that assume that they have they or somewhere in that team is the consultant that helps them figure out how to make things, but, you know, turn things into processes to be able to put systems in place so they can delegate it and they can do some of that stuff that creates the stability? Yeah. For an example, uh, I'll give you one that I just worked on recently. Uh, and, and one of the, one of it was really about the owner uh, was still acting like he started the business. In other words, he yeah. was doing everything every day. And I said to him, uh, if you drop everything that's needed to know in your business is in your brain. Like I yeah. said to him, does your wife even know where the front door key is to this building? <laughs> right? Yeah. So I said to him, and we got the team together. And I said, I put a blueprint together. And the blueprint was the, the one page issue was he's not delegating these responsibilities that he doesn't need to do. That was the big issue. And he, the solution was to find the people in his business to grow like employers and take on those things. And I said, you're only allowed three things to do. So you got to give up these 20 things. You could keep three. And you know what? All of a sudden he's creating uh, the young men that have been there for a while all of a sudden feel like they're owners and it's a whole new life because now he's got time. I, I had him set up uh, a cash flow meeting once a month and a, uh, an income meeting once a month. And I had the key people run the meeting. You learn a lot. Yeah. So uh, all of a sudden he's starting to, he's starting to think like a real entrepreneur and he doesn't have his fingers on the widgets anymore. He's got his mind on the metrics. Yeah. How to do it better becoming a business owner rather right. than, you know, just your, just your best played and paid employee. <laughs> you know, the, you're working for your business, not on your business or your business isn't working for you. Right. You know, it's like uh, money hides a lot of problems. When you have good cash flow and you got problems, you don't have problems. You have cash flow, but right. the problems are still there. Right. Yeah. And I, I find that um, it's a knee jerk, uh, a knee-jerk thing where when you, you're the founder and you start the business, it's your baby, it's everything to you. You knee-jerk back to the default and that's to grab and start doing things and not thinking about things. And delegating is one of the toughest things I think the, the founder has. Um, but if they can learn to do that in gradual stages, now they're building a business. Because I always say to people, you know, uh, if you're doing everything, why would anybody want to buy your business? Because what you did is you bought a job. Wow. You, did, you did not build a business. Uh, you're the business and people don't want to buy you. They don't want you around here. Yeah. <laughs> they really don't. And, uh, you know, when I say that, they get it. They understand that they have to get on that path. And it takes a long time. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, well, that goes to your personal story, right? I yeah. mean, people you know, when they get, they start a business in their thirties, let's say, and they're, they're working on it. Their kids, you know, kids are growing up. The kids are, you know, out of school. Now they're hitting their fifties and they're thinking, oh, I really would like to retire. I want to sell this, but they've been making the mistakes that you just talked about. 
they don't have a, their business isn't going to be the thing that they expect it to be to sell. And that's why so many times I talk when I talk to financial planners, people like that, and their business is the asset that they're that's their retirement plan. But if they haven't taken the steps to be able to make it where they don't have to be there, that it runs and makes money without them, then they it's good. It much it's much harder for them to sell and definitely hard for them to get the kind of money out of it that's going to set the stage for them to go on. Or even if they end up having a child that they want to take over the business, the child end up having a, a, a struggle doing it because they still haven't gotten to that delegation and the, the stuff, the systems and the things that you're talking about. Yeah. And, you know, I think, uh, uh, I think there's, uh, in, in the past, I've always been an advocate of saying, hey, if you have the family structure where you have family members that are serious, then you might be better off being a passive owner and going to Florida and pop in once a month to get your paycheck and let the kids run the business until you're ready to start gifting out the stock or whatever it might be. You know, there's a guy named Paul Hood who a lot of us know. He's uh, 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 one of the best lawyers in the country, estate planning guy. And, and Paul uh, contributes to Tools and Techniques of uh, Estate Planning, which is, is uh, Steve Lindbergh's organization. But he has a great thing. He said to me, you have to have that conversation to sell or not with the whole family. Oh, sure. Yeah. Because, you know, daddy says, well, my son, my oldest son loves the business. The oldest son could get, doesn't give a crap, but he hasn't told his dad. Yeah. Right? Right. So what's going to happen to the business at dad's death, right? Right. So right. you got to have that. And Paul, you know, he talks about that and um, 32 topics that he covers. And I think that's what we need to do as planners is get the parties involved to look at the whole picture of whether that business is going to be growing and sold or staying on and who's going to run it. It's a very serious conversation. Yeah. So that's part of, you know, the planning piece. And because, you know, time just goes by. It's like you, you're so busy focused. Again, we've mentioned this term working on the business and not in the business, but you're so focused. And then this like, it's like the only reason why a lot of times, like I know that I've gotten older is because my daughter's older. <laughs> right. And it's, they're like the kids are end up being like an hourglass that you watch, you know, time go by. So, you know, that that's one thing they just don't expect it. But then they, they do start to think about it or they hear this podcast and they start thinking about planning. And those are sort, sort of operational kinds of stuff. Talk about some of the tools that you talk about that, that help them, you know, p anticipate and do some other things, whether it's, you know, the, what we mentioned at the beginning, it's estate planning and some of these um, things that for protecting their taxes in that event. Talk about some of the tools you use as a financial planner and an insurance, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. advisor and things yeah. like that about what, what, what are the tactics, if you will, that go beyond just in the business that you can layer on to protect those things. For, for yeah. those well, I, I'll tell you, having uh, your team on your side so you can express to them what you're thinking and they can think they can uh, communicate with you really is very important because uh, a, a, a couple months ago, I worked on a position where the the husband, the, the, the mom died uh, early. Now the son is 32 years old and dad has a good estate. Well, now we, we've got the issue of 
dad doesn't want to leave the assets, including real estate and the business outright to the son. He's a great kid, but he hasn't had enough experience. He needs, he needs guardrails, but he'll run the business well. But there's a key guy there. And I said to the accountant, I said, you know, we need to keep the key guy there because he's been with the owner for 20 years. If the owner dies, the key guy is really, really knows more about the business than the son does. So we put in uh, kind of an executive benefit program with vesting rights and said to the, the key guy, you, if you stay, you're really going to have a wonderful retirement. All right. And at the owner's death, the, the stock is going to go into a trust. And at a later date, the son will be decide whether he wants this key person to be in the business as an owner. That's up to him. But we put those safeguards together. And I have to tell you, this COVID thing, just to come back to this, I, I, I devised something a couple, about two years, a year and a half ago that I found that why people put me off when they don't want to talk about it is they expect oh. we're going to have these long meetings. And I said, well, if you could give me two hours a month with that, two lunch breaks, if I could do that with you and get through every month, we get through something, would you... Yeah, I, you know, I'm thinking we got to do a week of meetings now. Right, right. And and this is how I do it now. I send them a video, three, four oh. minute video. And I said, this is what you got to do, Karen, for the next month. And then we'll we'll meet on the 18th of the month or the 30th and talk about it. And over time, I'm finding I'm getting little bits of, of uh, tasks done where before they weren't getting done. Right. Yeah. That, you know, so. You got to find ways of communicating and um, communicating with the team. Yeah, but, that's the thing. I think people put that stuff off, right? And so because they think it's going to be too hard or too disruptive. And it's like, what do they say? How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So right. how right. do you prepare for your future? One step at a time. Well, that's where that one page solution came up. I said, well, if I could take one problem and I can fix it for you today, and it, it's 80% of the whole issue, then we'll work on problem two in three months. Right. Well, that's very palatable. I could work on that. But they think of, oh my God, I, I haven't paid any attention to the finances. I've been touching widgets and I've done nothing about this, all these questions, Tom. That, well, it, we're all human beings. Eat one bite at a time and you're good. You can get it done. So, so you gotta be smart as a planner and understand Business owners like brevity. And if you can make that your mantra, you'll communicate with everybody. <clears throat> Absolutely. I want to take this opportunity to tell everybody where to go, find you online. So you can go to BBPGRP. That's Boy Boy Paul Grape Randy Paul.com. And of course, that that stands for I'm assuming building and protecting your business, something well, along those it, lines. Yeah, it's a business and, and benefit planning group. Okay. Yeah, that's and, it. And, and then and Tom, and Tom has a great blog and a podcast. Where I get uh, yourbusinessworth.com is where they can find that information, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, 
So let's talk about, uh, you know, this, you, you had um, in the introduction, I talked about uh, asset protection programs a little bit and income planning using tax strategies. Anything you'd like to share about that for yeah. as a little golden yeah. nugget for our audience? Yes, I would. Uh, there has been a, a great nugget out there for businessmen um, and business owners, I should say, uh, that allows uh, business owners to put in benefit executive compensation plans for themselves. Now remember this, if, a, if I own a, a company of 10 people and I have put a profit sharing plan, I have certain rules and regulations where I just can't put what I want in but I might take $100,000 and only get a very small part of that. So as an owner and a higher paid, I'm discriminated against basically. But if you go into the world of executive compensation, I could take uh, $25,000 and just shift it to me and not worry about participating with my employees. So I could take part of my company profits and because I'm going to retire at some point and there's right. no that my company is going to be worth anything. Who knows? So if I could put it away on a very tax efficient basis, and there are plans out there that allow me to take a big chunk of money, put it away, and only get taxed on a very small amount today. And later on in the future, when I will get taxed on it, wherever I put the money would be able to come out tax-free to pay the tax liability. So I funded my whole tax liability and my retirement with corporate dollars, which are easier to get than dollars in my checking account, if that makes any sense. Sure. So it's just I, a direct pay, right? I mean, it just comes off the off of the top of the profits. Yeah, we had uh, a, a year ago, we put in a plan where the owner wanted to put $50,000 a year in a plan for himself. And for that, he pays a little over $1,000 a year. Now remember, Karen, if you take $50,000 out of your business, you're going to get taxed on the 50 grand. But through the exec compensation plan, maybe only 2,000 of that's taxable to you. Really? Then your $800 you're paying tax. Wow. You just shifted $50,000 into an account that's growing, right? Right. So these are very much available and they're really great for smaller companies where they don't have big, big benefits, but they still want to use their corporate uh, cash flow to create wealth. And I've said this to you before, too many business owners put too much wealth in their business. And they, in many ways, they can't get out of it. Um, mm -hmm. So you need to put, yes, you need to put capital in your business, but you need to take ways, get ways of taking capital coming through cash flow and get it out of the business because it's going to be there. If your business fails, it's not stuck in the business. Yeah, yeah. So now does that apply the same way for a company that might have, is it just the founder that that works for? Or can that be like the executive suite and then the employees, everything like yeah. that? So you, you can pick and choose who you want. It's up to you. There's no rules. It's not like pension where if I put in a dollar, everybody's got to get a dollar kind of thing. So you pick and choose. So if I have a good company and three key people and I want to keep them, I could decide to take money and put them, put it towards them, but I don't have to include, you know, everybody else, which is kind of nice. Yeah. 
Well, it also, it's something that the investors that are listening need to consider as well, because, you know, sometimes, um, you know, the, the founders or, you know, that C-suite that started with the company, they feel like they, they, you know, they, you want to retain them. They, and you want to make, even when they, sometimes entrepreneurs a lot of times get wiggly when it comes to giving up their equity, because they think the equity is the thing that's going to be their future wealth when they exit the company. But, right. you know, as, as it gets diluted with more and more capital coming in, the way to offset that is through a program like you just talked about. And that's a, and, and the, what was that called again? I just use executive compensation because uh, I call it the C plan, the corporate executive equity plan, because there's many variations of it. But, you know, let's take a let's take a person who wants to uh, invest in your company um, and is maybe a key person, but they're going to invest. So I call well, exec with a check. I call those execs with a check. Yeah, that's right. Well, their big concern is, hey, you know, if my the head honcho drops dead. What guarantee do I have to get my $100,000 out? And so these type of plans on the corporate level, cover, like for an insurance plan covering the corporate he head uh, and, and with an agreement that says if something happened to you, these investors are going to get paid tax-free. It's all done. Yeah, key man insurance, right? So Is that, that what it's called, key man, key man insurance? You know, you got to keep in mind, too, a lot of these uh, owners and a lot of bankers, I noticed uh, over time, they'll do a, a live uh, a loan and you sign personally for that loan, whether you like it or not. Mm -hmm. So you're putting your family at risk. And what they and sometimes what they don't know in that covenant of that loan agreement is if you lose a key man, he leaves or he dies that loan can be called right then and there. And also if the owner who took it out on a person level died, that, that money is, could be callable right away. And it's, imagine a company uh, where someone dies and they've signed for that loan, but they have the cash flow, but the bank still wants their $250,000 because they're yeah. not going to take a risk. No. So, a lot of times executive compensation benefits can be used can be used to help support that liability. A lot of things. Yes, yes. And and I mean I when I've looked into that because we were involved in a transition and we uh, an acquisition and we needed to make sure for that very same reason we were requiring key man insurance and it really was a lot less expensive than I thought it was going to yeah, be. Yeah. It was, you yeah. know, so that's any, and there's all different kinds of things that you can name to protect within that, right? That's right. That's right. So, I mean, I think it's important because, you know, it's, it's the cost of capital, but uh, without that, you're, you're jeopardizing the, the, the future of the business, but you're also putting your own family at risk with a liability because not every company is liquid. And there's, you know, I look at my father when he died, we didn't have any liquidity. It was all, it was gone, you know? Yeah. So. so it's good to have something like that. Look at when you come in and you start to say, I'm going to get my, I'm going to get my stuff together. I'm going to put it on this plan to increase my profits and my efficiency and all these things. So I can set it up to sell X number of years from now. If that's what we do. And just on an aside, you know, my dad did the same thing with, with me and my brothers and where we were in our lives at the time, we couldn't take over the business 
I mean, I always dreamt of it, but, you know, I was like, oh, but it's just not right timing right now, dad. And he ended up setting that up with his employees and he yeah. let three of his employees become co-owners and the, he slowly edged himself out. He got a check every month. He came down once a month and kind of tinkered around and stuff like that for a number of years, probably 10 years after he did that. And he kind of retired up to the beach, you know, same sort of thing. Right. So, you know, he had done he did that that exact kind of piece of that. But uh, so there's all kinds of things that you can roll into that when you look at it and say, you know, oh, well, I've got a cash flow lending loan or I've got this ask this uh, lease on this equipment or, you know, not only the personal guarantees on those kind of things, but there's so many other things that the business becomes obligated for that is dependent on that founder or that main person or a couple of those key people, a CTO, somebody that's invented some of the things you're doing that your think tank that's got the vision for the five years out of where the next late wave of products are going to come. You know, all of that stuff becomes um, really critical just as much as any kind of intellectual property is important to the success and the value of the business. Those kind of tools are valuable for that as well. And, and you know, I, ha I can tell you through experience that a lot of us in business, because we're so focused on getting it off the ground and working and growing, we, we lose sight of what, what are the triggers that maybe I better do some planning. You know, it's almost uh, by mistake that you end up getting planning done because, uh, and here's what I've done uh, for anybody who wants this. I've set up an assessment of 10 questions that if they want that, I would send it to them. It takes less than a minute. I've designed it so that they get okay. it dropped down. They have a couple of choices. I get, uh, they send it back to me. I send them a report uh, within a couple of days, but it says, here's where you're really strong, but here's really, really, really weak. And if you have, you want to have a free conversation about it on the phone or zoom, I'll go over it with you, but you know what it does? It defines uh, you're doing great here, but this is so weak. You're, you're putting yourself at risk. And it really, it helps a lot of people kind of identify, well, where do we start to start getting planning done? Yeah. So if, you know, so if people are, are uh, interested in that, I'll send you the link. And you could whatever you want to do, put it in the show notes or whatever. Okay, sure, I'll do that. So it's not it would it's not on your bbpgrp.com site. Uh, yeah, I I can I can certainly get it on there. I can do. Well, that's why I just send it to me, and I'll put it in the show notes. So everybody, it's in the show yeah. notes. Okay. I got you. Everything's in the show notes. Hey, yeah. Where's my kid? My kid's yeah. in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So okay, as we start to wrap up, you know, emphasizing the fact that the team. Right. You go get a physical every year. You go get your teeth cleaned on a regular basis. It's time you make sure that you're maintaining the healthiness of your business by meeting with your team and getting the proper preventative care for, you know, unforeseen circumstances that happen in the future that might affect your viability of your livelihood. Anything else you want to add as we start to wrap up, Tom? Yeah, I, I want people to think this way. If, if they were to take a large amount of money and invested in the stock market. Uh, they normally would take the time to learn all they could about that company they're investing in because it's a lot of money. And you have to treat your own business that way. Unfortunately, they don't. And if you were investing that much money in the stock market, you'd be talking to your stockbroker every quarter, if not more. That's exactly how you, treat, you have to treat your own business 
you're starting with the hope and a prayer that it builds. But if you do it the right way and pay attention, the amount of capital or money you're going to pull out of the business will be many times more than the salary you took out. Yeah. But you yeah. got to pay attention. That's all. Right. Absolutely. All right. So, um, and I, I thank you so much for all of that. And thank I want to encourage folks to also go to karenrands.co. I have a, a, if you go to the contact page and opt in there, you can get my uh, Compassionate Capitalist Coffee Breaks. And so that's just uh, basically one to two minute, really short videos that come out on a fairly regular basis. They give you tips about best practices if you're raising capital or if you're growing your business. So because these, you know, these podcasts are, are 40, 35, 40 minutes long, but sometimes it's just a, a, an opportunity to take a break and clear your ad, think about something different, a question you may have had and get an answer from me on one of those videos. So I encourage you to do that. If you're thinking about becoming an angel investor, please go get the KarenRands.co. And I want you to also remember to go to Tom's site, BBPGRP, and look at getting his book, author, the Unlocking Your Business DNA, Cracking the Code to a Better Business, Bigger Profits, and More Time at the Beach. And check the link below to get his free assessment. Thank you. And by the way, you have a wonderful show and you have great guests. I, I'd like to say I'm one of the great guests. Yeah. But I say that. <laughs> Thank you. I do. And with that, everybody, please. Give me that thumbs up, the five star, share this with somebody you think that it will benefit and onwards and upwards. Thank you, everybody.